Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. A rocket scientist, a cowboy, a porn star, and a mom walk into a dungeon. And those are just the players. Stay tuned after this episode for a trailer for I Seduce the Dragon, which is a bi-weekly actual play D&D podcast starring five talented women who started playing as a way to connect with each other and evolved into a series of hilarious side quests and attempted heroics. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. I have another dream intro. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, go. I love that there was almost frustration because, Jake, you were so mad at us. Oh. Yeah, so in this dream, Jake invited us all over to play Pathfinder. Uh, specifically, he had like a on-the-seas adventure he wanted to run us through in Pathfinder. And we're like, oh, okay, like we haven't really done a lot of sailing stuff. We've done some stuff adjacent, but not really like that in Pathfinder yet. That'll be so cool. And so we come in, and instead of having like play mats and stuff and dice out, he has TVs set up in a big circle for all of us and see if thieves running. And he says, all right, you have your stats and stuff and you have to roll to see if you can accomplish the stuff and then do it in the game. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. So like if I fail the roll to, you know, get the the ship into position or whatever, I just have to actually mess it up in the game. And he's like, right. And we're like, okay, this is this is gonna be hilarious. So we get going and we're doing a few things and we're rolling okay. We're like, um, you know, shooting at some skeletons and stuff. But then it, it started to go south when we would roll really well, but then we couldn't do it in the game. <laughs> and he kept saying, like, you you rolled well. Why are you not hitting it? And, like, hitting. and then we got attacked by other players, and it just went south. We were just <laughs> screaming at each other. Um, but then it came back around uh, with this, like, cinematic moment of each of us doing a cool thing. I, I don't remember exactly the order of it, um, but I recall Rev running between three cannons to shoot one after the other to lay into this other ship. Uh, I remember Kim swimming out. We didn't shoot her out of a cannon or anything, but she swam out to get onto their ship to drop their anchor. And Megan somehow was kiting like a group of skeletons from an island through the water to the enemy's ship <laughs> uh, while I was just sailing in a circle trying to to keep everybody uh, in position. Um, so it ended up like with a really cool, like, yeah, we did it kind of moment. But, oh boy, it was tense there for a minute. <laughs> I kind of want to try this now. <laughs> What's a game that everybody's good enough at that they could replicate their high rolls? <laughs> I, nothing. I nothing. got nothing. Literally nothing. 
Um, boy, I no, I reacted strongly because I also had a night of the weirdest fucking dreams I've had in forever. <laughs> all right. And there was one that all of you were in and a bunch of oh, my yes. other loved ones. We were all, okay, it didn't make any sense. It was like dream logic. We were all at like a boxing gym at first, like sitting around, taking off our gear after class. And I was saying something about how I couldn't find my butterfly knife trainer. And Ben Stiller, you know, Ben Stiller's there. Yeah, yeah. of course. As usual. <laughs> All of your close friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, sorry, I, I found it in this place and I was messing with it and I left it with these other things. And I knew instantly that that couldn't be true because my butterfly knife trainer had never been in that place and would have no reason to ever be in that place that he said he got it. And so I just went, why'd you just lie about that? <laughs> and, and there was like a pause, like everybody in our group was kind of like looking back and forth at each other. And like Ben Stiller kind of like looked at me silently for a while. And he's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's like a thing I do. Like I just, you know, <laughs> I, sometimes I just lie about things. And I was like, so you're just an asshole sometimes and you know it. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Good, good to know, I guess. Compulsive liar, Ben Stiller. And then, <laughs> and then over the course of the rest of the dream, Ben Stiller started lying to all of you about things about me. And, and turning everyone against me one by one. Oh and like I was like, why are you, are you all believing him? Like he admitted <laughs> explicitly at the beginning of this dream that he just lies about things for no reason. But maybe that was a lie. But it went, yeah. it went from like everybody starting to like believe him and like vaguely distrust me and then getting angry with me and then culminated in me running down a street away from all of you who were chasing me trying to kill me oh my <laughs> wow. god and and what me did look- you do <laughs> no, literally- wait what did i do about it no. What, what did, did, I do what did Ben Stiller so much? <laughs> what did Ben Stiller say? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I looked back to see all of you chasing after me and all the way behind you at the end of the street, Ben Stiller with this menacing shit-eating grin because he knew he had won. <laughs> Uh, I love the kind of conversations this spawns because Jake told me about this dream uh, the morning after. <laughs> and so I gave him a hug and I was like, I'm sorry. I'll never believe Ben Stiller over you. <laughs> and he goes, but you did. <laughs> you did. You all did. And I'm like, I love that that's a conversation that happened in our household. <laughs> you did. I'll never believe did. Ben Stiller over you, but you <laughs> uh, compulsive liar Ben Stiller is my new band name. Shout out to friend of the show Ben Stiller. Thanks for listening. I, Close loved one of the show. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I should thank all of the patrons who joined us in the month of August, including Ben Stiller. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, random English major Richard E. Julie Iverson. Erica Celeste Wagner, and of course Ben Stiller. Thank you, Ben, ben Stiller. And I had a dream. That all of you joined our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) You can find information about our Patreon at patreon.com slash the crit show. Tiers start at just one dollar. And if you are interested in the T-shirt or in the digital swag bundle, this is the month to get in on that. We have sent out the T-shirt for last month. There was a Ukrainian artist who did it. I was very excited about it. It is a Mosquito Dan T-shirt. It looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you are interested in joining our Patreon, head over there and join in and get into the most aggressively welcoming Discord on the internet. I had a dream Uh that we got on with the episode. 
find us a license plate number and a car description, send that to us. That way we got something we can track. Get us some visitors for dinner once this is all said and done. Alright, it doesn't matter if it's North or, or South Carolina. If it mattered, I would have fucking said which one. It can be either one. Alright, and then I get Aurora back? You'll get her back once the festival's over. Make sure you don't do anything that would expose us. You'll get her back alright. Minus a few pieces, probably. What did a past life discover about pig people? When the head of the family essentially retires or steps down, there is a feast that is larger than normal to celebrate the new patriarch of the family taking that role. And so the children go out and they collect additional food as an offering to the father. And so the thing that this Kim discovered was that when a bunch of the children were out and the older members of the family weren't seen, and additional food went missing in opposed to what it was they simply needed to survive, that there was a festival going on inside of their family because one of them has stepped into power while the older patriarch has stepped down. Oh no, oh no, that's why this year is different. What, what, what do you got? I was talking to another me who experienced something similar to this. Apparently, the reason why they are gathering so much food is because they're having a banquet to celebrate the head of the family stepping down and a new patriarch stepping up. So that means at a minimum, there are six Buckleys, the three that we have seen about town, the matriarch, the patriarch that is stepping down, and the one that is assuming command. Great. Probably some weird uncle in there, too, and... (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, I... We don't even totally know what these creatures are. I'm not feeling so hot about the idea of splitting up and having just two people deal with three Buckleys each. Well, if I can shield the car, then maybe we could deal with them as a whole group in like two halves at least. Like we all get in the car, we all run out of town, we get whatever, the three that have been out and about to chase us, Uh take them, then go back and take the rest. Yeah, I mean, there's always that chance that they bang out a text and say, we're in danger, we're dying, assuming we do well. But, I mean, if we keep them engaged, we might take them out before they're able to communicate that and get the drop on the other three. Three-ish, three-plus, question mark. Three-plus, question mark. I mean, surely the sheriff's department has like a cell phone jammer or something. Look at Sheriff Jason, just to make sure they don't get a text off. That seems like the kind of thing you'd have at a in a low budget. Yeah, totally. We we <laughs> we certainly got money for that kind of thing. You notice that he's still using the replacement gun that Task gave him. <laughs> we just got some traffic cones into the office last week. It was big. Big news. I mean, I can try and interfere with their phones if they try something. I can't guarantee it would work, but I could definitely give it a shot. I I worry about them actually succeeding in that, though, not knowing what would happen to Aurora if they were able to get something through. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm stuck on that, but I'm trying to weigh our chances. If we split up, I feel like our chances are lower. And if we push their house first, I think our chances are zero and Aurora definitely dies. 
I mean, I think if we just like make it a point of focus that, you know, I'll tank a hit to make sure they don't get to their phone or something like I'll take a bite or a gore to throw their phone out of the car. If that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. We don't know what a bite does. I do. It removes appendages. Well, okay, but like we said, we don't know exactly what these things are, so we know that they'll eat your finger, but what happens to you afterwards? Do you turn into one of them? Does some disease take you over? Like, we don't know what to expect with that. Well, let's still plan on hitting the library and seeing if we can scare up any old legends that might tell us. We can at least do that first, get some more info. Are we also going to need to switch our plates? Because they said specifically they wanted one from, what, the Carolinas? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll definitely have to dummy up some plates. I mean, I can just walk around until I find one, pop them, switch them, try to get it back on there later. Sure. Yeah, at least having that done and ready to go. So if we go to the library, find out what's going on, what we can, maybe just try to do as quick of a search as possible and then have Hazel let them know where to look. Okay, so we can safely split up for that. Tass goes and finds a license plate. The rest of us go do some research. Sounds good. Yeah. I think we'll get away with that. Okay, I'm I'm just going to go back to work in the tent then in case they text me again or anything. Yeah, you be normal. Okay. You you play it cool. Let us know. Yeah. If anything happens, cool. And Sheriff Jason, just stay away from that area. If they think you're getting too close to their house, they're just going to come right after you. They know you've been snooping around. Oh. Which, we'll talk about this in more detail, but we might be able to use that, assuming this first part goes well, to draw out the rest that are there. Oh, that'd be a dangerous game, but maybe we could split them again. Like, rather than having to go into the den and deal with everyone left, we lure out a couple more. Yeah. Nice. We'll plan that when we get there, but just a thought. I think he just stares into the middle distance. <laughs> we'll just sample some of your musk and take that in. You don't have to be involved. Yeah. What's that What's that you're wearing? I'm, is that a... An axe? It's a uh, fear and... <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Barbecue <laughs> sauce. <laughs> All right, so you're going to head over to the library and try to find some information uh, historically about the Buckleys, and Tass is going to go hunt down a license plate. So let's go with Jake and Megan and Kim headed to the library. It is over on uh, street number two, almost the other side of town from you, but again, it's not far, it's just five blocks in total. Uh, so four blocks away at this little library. What are you each looking for? Are you all kind of looking for the same thing? Are you going through the stacks looking for different stuff? Um, you know, they've got all the old newspapers here. They do have, uh, not super strong, but they do have an internet connection. They've got microfiche of some things. Um, they've got town records, building records, stuff like that. What do y'all think? I feel like we could each look into something slightly different. Yeah, I'll take like urban legends in this town. Um, I'll look up like history of the Buckley family if there is any. Okay. Those are the two I, <laughs> I was thinking of now. <laughs> Sorry, I speak up. I know. Well, that's what I was like. <laughs> what a gentleman going well, last. Yeah, I wanna, I'll, I'll let you guys go first. Um, look up potential diseases from bites. <laughs> infectious diseases in general. Yeah. Pig ailments. Yeah. Um, I'll hop on the internet and see if I can't track down information about like what sort of cryptid they are, like based on the description of pig humanoids, if I can find something specific. So let's go with Kim first. Why don't you give me an investigative mystery? Sure. 
I guess really you can all roll investigative mystery. There, there's no secret there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll all be making this roll. What am oh. I going to be rolling? <laughs> Whew, that's a seven for me. I got a nine. Thirteen. Nice. Nice. All right, so uh, Kim, you get a hold one as you try to look into the history of the Buckleys. Nice. Well, I'm going to ask the one that I always get to ask, what happened here? So the thing that you find is that at the founding of this little town of Wittershins Hollow, the Buckleys were one of the founders. They did not live in town even then, but I think you do find a area marked on the map where it is still technically part of Wittershins Hollow. It is not part of the town proper if you were just to look at it from the sky, but it is still part of this little town, and it is where the Buckley's residence at least was. And so for my actual hold, what is being concealed here? What you saw in your vision and what you see on the map here of where the Buckley's residence is are not the same locations. So whatever it was they were going to behind that giant boulder is not their home, but it is someplace important to them. Gotcha. Okay. May I ask a follow-up question? Sure. Just uh, When we saw the three Buckleys meeting with Hazel, they were coming from a direction that I saw in my vision, or were they coming from where I understand to be Buckley land? That's a good question. Would it even be possible for me to know that? I, I think that if you had all... Gotten closer? Yeah. I think yeah. you saw them walk into the conversation through Jake's yeah. magic. Essentially, the place that you saw them come from in the vision and the place that the Buckley estate is supposed to be on are both they're on the same side of town, but just one is north and one is south. Yeah, so, okay, would have been hard to tell. Thank yeah. you. But you might be able to ask Hazel when you run into her again to see like which direction it seemed like they came from. Nice, okay, thank you. Uh, so, Megan, looking up urban legends about this little town uh, you get a hold too i feel like i want to go with what sort of creature is it in the sense of what do these urban legends like what do the town folks think this is um i'm gonna ask you for some clarification what do they think what is because no one really has a sense of the buckleys being anything in the town other than a strange family that lives on the outskirts like there's no suspicion being cast towards them until you all brought it to the town's attention. Hmm, okay. I guess then just, like, what is being concealed here? Like, what stories are passed through this town? Like, whether or not they suspect the Buckleys in particular, is there anything that stands out in Wittershins Hollow? Yeah, so I think the thing that you do find is that there is an old story that the kids will tell each other when they're camping that... Back in the founding days, when the winters here were very tough, very difficult, that they started this barbecue fest as a way to hide their cannibalism. And so that's always the joke that teens will, will make to each other as this one rolls around. And you can tell that the adults very much try to underplay that idea. Like, it's it's very hard to kind of find this story but kids will always joke about like, oh, don't go out. Don't misbehave around this time because you'll be part of the of the feast and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like something you would hear a uh, older sibling telling a younger sibling just to scare them. Gotcha. All right. Um, I'm going to go with what happened here. Like, what is the grain of truth in this urban legend? Yeah. So as you go through, you don't find any proof of cannibalism in the town. But what you do find is that... That area 
that Kim found where supposed to be the Buckley's homestead is private property and that hunters and people wandering through the town, that there is a history over the course of the last hundred plus years. If there was an incident where someone was shot or someone was injured, that it was justified because they were on private property. But the incidents always ended with whoever was injured losing a body part. So even if it looked like a gunshot wound, they were missing, you know, fingers, or there was always a piece missing from the injury they took for trespassing. Ugh. And that brings us to Jake. Uh, as you are looking around online trying to find what could this, what could this be? Um, and I think with the information that you have gotten from what Kim and Megan collected, I would actually even say, Megan, if you want to roll a help out with what you have learned, you could probably get Jake to a 10. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Okay. I think just the the order that you're learning stuff in here, it makes sense that kind of building off of one another. <laughs> She's doing a lot of math over there. <laughs> trying to make the numbers work. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was trying to see if I could justify using my just another day move uh, to be able to add my weird instead of my cool. Mm. Uh, because with my cool, that's a three, but if I use my weird, it's a five, so it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Oh. <laughs> well, Snake eyes. All right. We sure tried. You did. So, Jake, you get a hold one. What sort of creature is it? So as you start to scroll through different online forums and different cryptid sites trying to get a sense of what the Buckleys might be, you have the pieces of information that you got from Kim and her other self, as well as Megan's research, and... I think you get these impressions initially of what you had encountered with Mosquito Dan. That That's another thing where it's like, where did this come from? Like, how did this start? And then it hits you to the idea of Selena. How did she become the way that she is? You've never had a chance to really talk to either of them. Well, one, because Dan is dead, but his offspring about how they got this way or Selena. And it starts to connect for you that when you're dealing with the gods that are deceased, you see that empathic sense, for example, with the empath rising up in people. There are those called to different kinds of work who just seem to have an innate sense of what is wrong with someone, what is going on with someone, and being able to connect to them, that it almost seems supernatural. And now you know that sometimes it, in fact, is. That's the same thing that happened here that whatever it was the Buckleys were doing when they first helped found this town drew the attention of the Devourer, and that it seemed to bestow on them this gift of devouring and slowly changed them throughout the years. I think the closest thing we can call these in the sense of a cryptid, the idea of Selena and Mosquito Dan and now the Buckleys, is that they're devotees of the Devourer. It's not something that they are actively doing, but it is something they have become because of their actions. Devour tees? Devour tees. I'm, I'm, try, oh. I'm trying to work it into something there. That's funny because that's the name of my new graphic shirt company. <laughs> <laughs> Shirts there. that eat you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like he said that, like the implication is usually you eat shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, normally, normally we eat shirts. How do you think I have so many tank tops? It's, <laughs> where do you think the sleeves went? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Strange happenings are occurring in the world of Exandria. Slayed creatures and beasts from days of yore are returning to the land of the living, and it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. 
Join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside Game Masters Nick Williams and me, George Primavera, in this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing adventure through Critical Role's fantasy world of Exandria. But don't worry, you won't need to know the rules to follow this story. All you need to know is that nothing the players do is scripted or planned, and their fates are determined by their own cleverness and the role of a 20-sided die. So what the heck are you waiting for? Adventure awaits in the Reslayers Take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. Tass, you have headed into town to try and find an appropriate license plate. Where are you doing this? Are you on the street at the edge of town, people parked? Yeah, I think I'm looking more out, like around the edge of town at those spots where, you know, somebody has a field or a bunch of land and they charge you, you know, 30, 40 bucks for the day. Yeah. And where it's just the, I'm looking for the path of least resistance, the like old guy sitting in his little lawn chair taking the 20s as they pull into the driveway and just let them do what they want and just hunkering down and walking between cars and like crouched and staying out of sight. Why don't you just give me a sharp roll? Okay. You brought up the idea of the path of least resistance, so let's let's see if we can find it. Six. That's not the way. I think that you are able to finally spot a car that has um, the kind of plate that you're looking for, and it's starting to get dark. And as you pull out your knife and start to take off the screws, you hear the sound of a shotgun being cocked behind you. I will slowly turn with my hands raised. Uh, there's the old gentleman who you saw taking the bills. Hey, down there tonight. I don't think I belong to you. I'm just getting away from you. Yeah, man, me too. Get out of here. Ah, full gas, full lead. Oh, that one I caught. I caught that one for sure. Yeah, Um, no problem. I'm not even going to attempt to come up with an excuse. I don't... <laughs> I don't have the time or the energy, so have a wonderful day, sir. Yeah. And I get. <laughs> uh, so I think we find all of you. He just walks into the library. Like, we're all talking over our documents, and he walks in like four minutes later. Unfortunately, it was hours later. <laughs> it took him forever to find. He did a lot, a lot of, of hunkering. to find the right car, and then in the home stretch. I'm just. So taken at the idea of Task silently creeping in between cars and just the man with the shotgun just sort of just kind of watching for like a full hour <laughs> until until Tass decided on a, on a vehicle. <laughs> He's going to do something bad. And when he does, I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, I found one and I didn't get it. How come? Hillbillies. <laughs> What about them? I didn't want them shooting me. Hmm. Oh, okay. Did you get a good enough look at it that we could fake one? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that could be plan B. Can we just look up on one of the computers here what it looks like and print it out? Oh, yeah, the internet. Sure. I don't think there's a role for this. You just Google. <laughs> South Carolina plate. South Carolina plate. And... I'm just spitting. <laughs> just and mad. we print out. And we cut out the eight and a half by 11 image and just kind of tape it <laughs> to the back of our we car. Gonna, we'll take off our license plate cover and then put it, sandwich it in between so it stays. I've left. I've gone to find some food to make <laughs> myself feel better. It's nighttime now. It's all closed down. What? What I kind know. of? Oh, my God. They end after dinner. 
unacceptable. They don't have electric light, so yeah. <laughs> there's no way for anybody to see what they're doing. Once the sterno burns out, they got to put the beans away. Oh. <laughs> you know, that old saying. Yeah, that old chestnut. I'm going to work that As in. As the legend goes. <laughs> yeah. You know what they say. Once the sterno burns out, you got to put the beans away. I love these folksy aphorisms. Yeah, I think as you are you know, printing this out, you see that the, the festival is winding down. Hazel comes in to the library. Um, what should I tell them or, or, or send them? Uh, we'll, we'll put this on the car and then you, what, what do you got to do? Take a, take a picture of it. Just send them the number. Uh, just send them the number. I believe I'll still need a little bit of time to enchant the car here. So they give you a deadline when you needed to send that by. Um, well, I think it's just a matter of when the car is leaving, I'll just tell them that it's someone that isn't leaving till tomorrow night. Do we need until tomorrow night? How long is this going to take you? Assuming I can park it in a garage and work in peace somewhere, I could get it done in a couple hours. I've got a garage that you could use. I could move my car out. Um, so should I, I send this? They, they, they want someone who's, who's leaving town. Um, are you going to be ready to, to leave after you spend some time in my garage? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I will uh, send them this, and uh, or I guess I'll go move my car first so that maybe they don't see your car until you're ready for them to see it. That's probably wise. Okay. Um, what should I do once this all starts? I think play along with them if they ask you anything or they reach out to you. Don't don't raise suspicion. Don't make it seem like you're in on it. All right. I give her my phone number. If they send you any texts or send you any pictures, anything. Actually, if you want to send the photos that you already have to my phone now, that would be great. Oh, okay. Uh, and she accidentally makes a group chat with you and <laughs> her and the Buckleys. Roll, roll luck. Whoops. No. Um, yeah, she, she sends you the photos from her phone and like screen captures of the text message exchanges. Hazel, I've got a question for you. When you've met with the Buckleys, has it always been in that same place? No, I met with them the one time outside of the walk-in freezer. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, so when you met them, Creekside, uh, what direction did they come from? Um, Kim, rolled luck. <laughs> sure. I think this is just to see if it, what she was paying attention to. Um, Seven. I think they were coming from the the south. Okay. A little to the east. I think the southeast. Cool. Uh, and what? Uh, which location does that line up? That would with? be the boulder. Cool. So we know some of them are probably holed up in that cave, but with the ones that are still unaccounted for, I don't know that we can safely say that some of them aren't also holed up on the property. Yeah, my assumption, since they're bringing all of the food back to the cave, that's maybe where I had my vision of the large banquet with us as the entrees, uh, because that location didn't match any pictures that I saw of the Buckley estate. Speaking of that, do we still do we still have access to the pictures of the of the girl's hand? Could could we make anything out in the background of that? See if it seems like it's more an interior of a home than a cave. Oh, uh, may- maybe. Yeah, you get Hazel's phone and you open it up and uh, be frank. This photo is mostly pig head. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, but that's fair. I think that you do see like a bit of a like a knitted blanket and a piece of wooden furniture in the background that looks hand-carved. Neither of the things look like they match what Kim saw in her vision. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense, right? If this is a, a banquet to celebrate the, the patriarch stepping down and a new one stepping up, I mean, you don't want to watch some grunts set up your own party. You're probably waiting until it's ready to begin. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to cook the meat first? I don't get the impression that there's a lot of concern for, like, food safety standards. Well, no, I was thinking more flavor and... What?! Cooked meat tastes different from raw meat. You're talking about us, though. I'm not not just us. All of the meat they stole from the freezer. Oh, yeah. Are you planning to go? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not get your invitation? Did you RSVP? No, Did they give I, you a plus one? I forgot to RSVP. I'm just wondering if they're maybe going to cook it in one place and move it somewhere else. I don't know. It sounds like the place that they're taking it and the place where the banquet will happen are probably both the cave. But they're holding Aurora in the house. Well, that'll maybe answer a few questions for us. If we we do this, we do the car maneuver, see how many come after us in the first place. First of all, it may not be all three that we hope will, hopefully, but maybe not. Then I think probably the next step after that should be the house, right? Like, while we know we have at least some surprise, if that's where we think Aurora is, that's where we should try to draw them out and get her safe. And after that, if there's any more at this other place, back and forth, whatever, we can deal with what's left. But getting her out seems to be what we should focus on, right? Well, absolutely. And if we can get close enough, I can maybe try and reach out and see what they're thinking or where exactly they are. Nice. All right. So um, is there anything else that anybody wants to do here at the library before we get this car in the garage and Jake tries to do some magic? I don't think so. Nope. Uh, so, Jake, you know, the way we had talked about this before, the idea of getting this effect on the car, are you wanting to make this a temporary thing? Or are you wanting to make it something like some of the spells on the helicopter where it takes damaging the rune to have its effect no longer be active? Can any of you guys think of a use case where we would want people to be able to sense the magic in the vehicle? I can't. As an intimidation tactic. Yeah. I don't well, know. Yeah. That's, I'm like, when when, and how would we even use that? Now, is this specifically sensing the magic or is it blocking magic? It's like bubbling the magic in the car within the car. Like people outside of the car wouldn't know that what's inside of the car is magical, but we are and we can still magic from within the car. I don't know why not. Like, I don't know why we would need to do that. If we want to take off this effect, we'll just... Scratch a rune, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Okay. So, yeah, I think this is like taking some of the panels off and like putting the runes on the inside and, you know, then bolting them back on, making this a, a semi-permanent effect. So I think that this is going to be a big magic because, you know, you're making it something that doesn't just wear off. So I think it's going to require a couple of things. And I think you meet most of those already. You know, this is a spell that you have done. It's one that you all kind of worked together to create. Tass has also worked before on helping Everett do and repair these kind of runes. Um, I think you need everyone working together to help. I think the one that you don't have yet is I think there is going to still be a role here to do the magic um, in case there is some kind of a glitch or something. Okay. Twelve. Woo. All right. You were able to take off some of the panels and get everything put back together exactly how it was. And when you are standing outside, you know, it's an odd thing to try and test to see if it's working. What would you do amongst the group of you to see, like, can we sense, like, you know it's working, but I just mean you as people, 
you know, you, you set up a magic spell and you're like, is this working? Because I think it went well. Is, would it be a thing for me to like jump in the car and say, Megan, can you use your, like what you would usually do to figure out if a monster is there to like detect the gold energy in inside of me or, or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, well, you're not really a monster, but. Well. Well, <laughs> I've known you too long to say that, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you'll let me use TuneIn to do this. Yeah, I think so. And and I don't think there is a role for this. It's really is just flavor. I'm curious how you all in the world like try to test, like, is this thing that kills off the sensing of, of magic or divine auras or whatever working? Um, and I think you're able to use that to some effect of Megan kind of focusing in on the energy that makes Tass the Chosen. And it's not a bright ping that you get when he's outside of the car even, because that's not exactly what this is reaching for, but it's enough that when he gets in the car and closes the door, you feel it go away. Cool. I mean, that kind of brings up a question that I'm curious about with, with tune in it being a monster or a minion. Is it the hostility? Is it the intent behind that entity? Because I, I've been able to use it on like Kimmy and the other vampires, but mm-hmm. now we're bros. Yeah. So would I still be able to use it on them or has like, our relationship changed, so my sense of them has changed. Mm, I can answer that question. Do you want me to? Or are you just throwing out a hypothetical to the universe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very curious. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's something I would even just posit to the group. Like, I'd agree. Like, I'd confirm. Yeah. Like, yeah, as soon as you get in there, I can't tell. I think we're good. But yeah, that really makes me think about how I'm able to kind of connect my mind to monsters and well you know what monsters even means so if you can sense me when i'm outside of the car either it's a sense about things that aren't inherently human or are in some way superhuman or i'm a monster i mean yeah (laughs) like is it just supernatural beings like i have the ability to to kind of gauge or i guess i've always assumed this power is specifically for hostile entities, but I guess I don't know. I suddenly don't think I want to know the answer to this. <laughs> well, I'm assuming you're not like secretly thinking in the back of your head how great it would be to murder me right now. <laughs> I'm assuming. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> After this conversation, a little. <laughs> Did we ever take any measures to confirm that Tass is not a demon in a Tass body? No. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Would now be the moment. <laughs> would, would now spark anybody's curiosity. <laughs> what do you guys mean? I am mean, fine. To maybe hop into that old brain. and uh, I will try to. I'm like Googling a picture of a cross and showing it up. Is this, <laughs> is this doing anything Does to this you? Work? Uh, I'll try to do the same thing to Jake. Jake, get in the car. Okay. And see if I can do the same thing. Kind of sense his spell slinger ability. With Jake, no. <gasps> I can't sense him outside of the car? I mean, you can sense him in the sense of like your telepathy, the way yeah. that you can connect with any human, but not through this specific move, no. Oh, no. Kim. Kim, get in the car. Oh, try- I'm okay. trying the same thing with her. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah, before Kim gets in the car, similar with Tass, you do have just that little hazy blip, and then it's gone once she gets in the car. What you got? What you got? I can sense you and Kim, but I got nothing on Jake. Well, that makes sense, though, right? Like his crystal or whatever isn't filled right now. I mean, yeah, I am I am no vessel right now. Does that mean 
every quote unquote monster that I've used this on had some sort of potential or was connected to one of the gods like these ones are the devourer? Not necessarily. I, I think, I mean, it's certainly a thing to be explored, but I think many of these things are still in some way superhuman while Jake's just real good at magic, you know? Yeah, I mean, were your impressions of us as clear as when you try to tap into some of the enemies that we faced? No, not quite as clear. It, it was just more of I could kind of send something there, and then once you got in the car, it was the absence of it kind of made it more noticeable. Then, yeah, I don't think that necessarily means that every creature that y'all have dealt with is a potential or a possible in some way. It just maybe means that because we have these crystals, we're pushed a little more onto the supernatural scale. I hold up a high five for Kim. Monster buddy. Hey! Wonder twins! <laughs> you start to meld together. Oh, God! No! <laughs> I suppose we should also make sure that we did set this up. Like, obviously, we did it the direction we want it because this works, but you get in the car and make sure you can still sense me. Oh, right. Good good point. I'll climb into the car and see if I can still sense him. You can. I give a big thumbs up through the back windshield. <laughs> hey. All right, we're in business. Okay, are we heading out? Is there any reason to wait an hour or two or should we get going? I feel like we might as well get going. What's our structure in the car here? Like, we can put the ragtop down, assuming that they just kind of come in over the sides or something. Like, who wants to be where? I could be a monkey. I could hide somewhere. I could get small. Uh, I'll stay in the back in case they try to, like, sneak up on us from the rear. But be warned, I'm going to be maneuvering around the vehicle to get close to them as soon as we see where they are. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to me as long as I have sight lines for shooting. Yeah, I'm not particular. All right, so who's driving? Seems like Kim, if you want to drive and then Taz can have his gun ready and I can be mobile in the car and Jake can just be a monkey. I'd, I'd say monkey Jake could drive, but I think his idea is to hide away. And also, I don't know if he could reach the pedals. Fair. I will just say that right now my driver's license says that it expires in 2125, but I guess we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. You know what? I think the bigger problem if we got pulled over would be our printed out license plate uh, and mm. the monkey and trail mix in the back of our <laughs> trunk. So. Good thing we're friends with the constable. That's and true. And the impending pig folk attack. <laughs> all right, then. Shotgun's got shotgun. All right. So with that all set, Hazel texts the Buckleys saying that she sees that vehicle leaving, and then she heads inside. You all pull out of her garage, head through town, and out of town onto the winding roads outside of Wittershins Hollow. And after a few minutes of driving, you hear the sound of a very loud engine coming up behind you. Headlights and lights on a roll cage kick on as the area around you is flooded in light and this large truck bears down on you. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow.com.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Icewind Dale. It is not a good day in Icewind Dale. Aurel, the Frost Maiden, a god, the divine embodiment of winter's fury, has withdrawn to this cold corner of the world, plunging it into endless night. You repeat this uh, harbinger of winter's name again one more time. Aurel. 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 This is I Seduce the Dragon. Gentry, I'm so sorry I'm about to fight some kids. God damn it. It's a new D&D podcast. Your hands are tied behind your back. Okay, what's that face? <laughs> Am I into it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a story about Tori. He is the worst person you know. Gentry. And none of my friends believe me. Not at all. You're circus folk. Why would we believe you? Erastus. Erastus likes to party and moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> and Martha. I have to eat off of porcelain like one of you people. You people? Uh, what a hardship for you. It's a story about friendship. Aren't you supposed to be a god? Demi-god, remember? Oh, demi-god. It's like running a half marathon. It's like not that impressive. <laughs> it's still a very long run. And standing up for what's right. And this is, just to be clear, still our problem. I'm going to go hide under something. Look for I Seduce the Dragon. Oh, he's big. Oh, he's so big. <laughs> Wow, he's so big. I've never seen someone take up four squares on Roll20. Wherever you get your podcasts.